Hey guys, welcome back to Recharge, Reveal, and Restored, R3 with me, Roth. Thanks as always, friends. You guys are just awesome. Thank you for the support. Thank you for listening to my last episode of part two, which was my most vulnerable season ever. As a result of the great feedback I have received, I have a fundraiser that I will be part of, the ALS Foundation. It is called R3N Run Laws. Please stay tuned at the end of the episode. I can't wait to share all the details. I'm super excited. Today, I am not alone, guys. I have a featured guest with me, someone that I hold near and dear to my heart, one of my heartbeats. Yes, he's kind-hearted and smart and funny and caring and he is just an amazing person to get to know who is my son so please introduce yourself hey guys what's up <laughs> uh my name is jamel lewis i'm the oldest uh of the bunch and uh it's great to be here thank you for having me how are you i'm doing great i'm doing great long day um, but it's great. I went to the gym today and, and it's, it's good Friday. So have the day off, but it was a great, uh, productive day. Awesome. Awesome. In terms of the pandemic, how would you say it affected you in the negative way and the positive way? Okay. Well, I want to say negative way. Um, that's a very good question. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, first week, so as soon as we got shut down um, here in Montreal, my work closed for about two weeks. And I remember I was, so pre, before that week that we closed down, you know, I was going to school, um, going downtown, uh, going to the gym right after. Uh, my day was action, action packed doing a lot of tasks. So you had a routine. Yeah, I had a great routine. I had an awesome routine, right? And uh, all of a sudden, that just was done, right? Every, you know, stay home, stay home, stay home. Mm -hmm. So for those two weeks, it was it, it was hard. Well, the first week was great because I, I had time to sit down and watch Netflix and just relax. Mm -hmm. But then after a while, it was like, oh, like, what am I doing? Uh, what <laughs> What's going on? Uh, we got to get creative. We got to start... Uh, doing more. So I, I would say the biggest negative factor is was that the gyms were closed. Um, so I couldn't train at first. Um, I, I, I just didn't train. So for one week, I didn't train. Um, it was kind of down on me because I couldn't see, you know, couldn't see any of my friends. Um, and then, yeah, so that, I would say that would be the negative. Mm. Uh, and then you said, what was the other one? It positive. Was, what's the positive? So the positive is um, the blessing in disguise with this pandemic is that uh, all I had was time. Mm -hmm. So the only thing, you know, that we really need, right, or how, if I could rephrase that, is pre-pandemic, we didn't have any time. But if you, you know, you, as going into lockdown, and if you're not working or you lost your job or if you had, I don't know, two, three weeks off, you know, you have time to you know, do the things okay. that you always want to start or learn something new, learn a different language, read up on something that you always were interested in, start something new. So um, the positive thing is that I got more focused and I, 
I start to look into, uh, I start to start, start different. Great. And what do you miss most? Or at least since the pandemic, how, how early in your life would you say that you needed to start to recharge? You can use any of the R's. Any of the R's. Mm -hmm. I would have to say I definitely had to rebuild myself. Uh, well, I had to build myself first. Um, going to go into a bit of a story here. But for those of you who don't know, uh, where do you want me to start? You want me to start college or even before that? Like, where do you want me to? How about you start when it was 10? 10, 10 challenging to new neighborhood, languages, okay. Korean. Okay, okay, okay. I can go into mm -hmm. there. So for those of you got, for those of you who don't know, um, I used to live, I used to live in DDO. So DDO Dalazumu, I went to school there. Uh, I went to St. Bernard. Mm -hmm. And then after I went to a French school, I forgot the name of that school, but I went to that French school. And then we moved out here to uh, Pink Cole. And um, it was great. I went to I went to Notre Dame where um, I I went to grade three, uh, and I was performing like everybody else. And then I you know got a little bit of bullying here and there, but it wasn't nothing too wild. Yeah. And how were you able to deal with the bullying? Um, I didn't really. I just you know it just it just really sucked. Uh, I just went to school and some people would just laugh at me because you know I had. I had buck teeth and uh, I couldn't really speak French well. So, you know, it kind of just like, you know, just sucked going to school. But, um, you know, you kind of get used to it. So it doesn't really matter. How did that make you feel? Um, you know, it was it was hard at first. You know, kid, any kid that is within that age and they get teased every day, I don't think it's easy. And like, you know, like we already spoke about this, but, you know, having a, you know, I didn't have a, a, a father figure that, that taught me how to be tough as nails. He was very hard on me, so it was hard to get that, build that self-esteem aspect. Um, definitely got it from my mom, definitely got it from you, but kind of missed it from a male role model. So I definitely had low self-esteem. Um, but after that, what made, what made it worse was, so from there, the teachers one day told, uh, told us that we had to I'm looking to maybe going to a special school because they thought I had like a disability, learning disability and a mental disability. Um, so we ended up switching schools. I went to Fonsa Perot and, um, you know, I was there, but I was there with a whole bunch of different other kids. And some other kids didn't have what I had. Some of these kids just came from broken homes or, you know, just had behavior problems. So I, I think that the system at that time just took a whole bunch of people and threw them in one classroom and, kind of prayed that, you know, they could kind of fix us. Uh, so that was wild. And then after that, we, sorry. Yeah, but then how were you able to to shine in the classroom when you know, as you said, that the some of the people there was broken? How do you how do you know you was not broken when you went into the classroom? I didn't know. I thought I was broken. And I only realized after the fact. Right. So everything's perception right mm -hmm. um and my environment was <clears throat> i was told that you know i had a learning disability and school when it comes to learning you know you're not the best and this is your reality like that's what i was told uh and then i and then from there i went to chambler where it was the exact same environment i was in an environment where kids were broken um came from broken homes uh learning disabilities uh, or just flat out lazy uh, and had behavior problems and didn't 
couldn't accept authority. So I'm, I was in that pool and I believed that I was a part of these guys until I switched. How did you get the support? So while you were in that, in that um, how did broken, I get the what? How did you get the support when you, as you said, you were in this broken um, community with the school? So how did I get the support? So for, for you guys who don't know, uh, I was in that program for two years. I was going to go again from grade nine, but my first week, uh, my mom uh, went to the school and then she was like, okay, so what's going on? Do you think my kid can go uh, can graduate? Can he go to uh, college? And the teacher just flat out said, uh, oh, your kid uh, uh, will never be able to go to college and you'll never be able to pass high school. And, you know, he could, he could be a cook. And nothing wrong with being a cook. It's just that's just not what I wanted to do. And um, it was just it was the craziest thing is that I actually believed her because, you know, I was raised to be polite and respectful. So, you know, she kind of put that bubble on me. And my mom said, no, you're going to change. And I changed. I went from Chamber to Mac um, at High School awesome. uh, because of you. <laughs> and um, when I changed, I realized that, you know, nothing wrong with me um i was just placed in a an environment that was sickening in an environment where people didn't really believe in me didn't really push me so uh it's good to have a mom that believed in me and that believes in me and it's good to have i actually had one counselor i think her name is miss frazier who really you know um you know stuck her stuck her put her put her put her foot down to really help me help me out so so yeah, that was that was my experience transitioning to to Mac. Yeah, but we had uh, two a uh, few um, good friends that was uh, helped us in the community. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, of course. But I guide mean, us and put us in the right path of who to go to and who to ask for for help. And, and yeah. that's how we advocated in the sense of um, getting where you are. For sure, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, but um, definitely you, Miss Frazier. Uh, Auntie Sharon, uh, there's a whole bunch, uh, but but that yeah, but it comes to show how you know change of environment could, could just switch, could change a lot. So mm-hmm. that was good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great. So um, since you go through all that with school and the struggle, and then being triumphant over that, how were you able to triumph from, from there? Because you remember they said you could not right go anywhere, and then you end up into college. Yeah. How did that happen? Wow. So there's so much factors to this story, but I'm going to start off the first one. The first one is that I kind of started to believe in myself when, um, when I was in grade nine at Mac, um, we went, I went to Howard university because my, my aunt, uh, my mom's uh, mom's sister, uh, graduated from Howard university. Uh, and she is now like a scientist. Mm-hmm. And we went to go see her graduate. So we went to Washington, D.C., and I remember just going there. And we were in the gym, the gymnasium, and there was, like, thousands of of students who were in their robes and who were, um, who were, getting, who were about to graduate. And this is an African-American school, so you see a lot of successful black um, mm-hmm future lawyers, right? Lawyers, uh, doctors, scientists, Mm -hmm. businessmen. I mean, you can name it. And it was very important to see uh, that. And I remember after that, it was like a scene from a movie. After that was finished, you know, we went outside to go eat. 
Right. And there was a lot of people talking and taking pictures. And there was just this, this moment. I just looked out and there was a football field. So I went closer to it and I just was looking at it for a good, like, you know, two minutes. And there was a guy that came up to me and he was like, he's like, oh, you play football? I was like, no, I don't play football. You have to, he's like, why not? I, was like, I don't know. Maybe it's not for me. And he said, to the field and say, hey, maybe you could play here someday. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's crazy. Like, why would you, you know, maybe I could play here someday. Maybe I could play football in period, right? So then I came back. Take it your thought. Yeah, he gave me he gave me an idea. You know, he gave me an idea so I can imagine. And I feel like that's very important. Uh, imagination. And I feel that kind of withers down when you go old, when you get older. Because when you're a kid, you're told that you can do anything. But mm-hmm. when you get older, things change. But staying on the story, when I come back, I have this super like I'm super excited I'm like wow I can't I want to graduate I see my aunt graduate I want to graduate too and uh I struggle with math I struggle I struggle and I, I had to pass it my exam and I failed so I ended up going to summer school and I was, I was just grinding and I was, I was studying every day and then I failed again and then it was it was rough that really that really got me down and then uh one day um, did, I tell, did I say the church? No, I didn't say the church story. Yeah. So I went to, uh, I was feeling very low. <clears throat> I, I wasn't depressed, but I was very low for like a good two three weeks. And then my friend Kendra re- reached out to me and she said, hey, look, let's go to West Island Church. Uh, and I said, I said, I'm not down. And she's like, yeah, just come. I was like, okay. So we went and they have something called Sabbath school. <clears throat> Sabbath school is uh, basically before the sermon where a group of young people can come together and just talk about life. And there's usually an instructor that, that directs it. So the lady at the time, uh, she, you know, I sit down and the first thing she says, like she, the first thing she does, she looks into the crowd and like, do I believe there was like maybe like 15 of us there? And she looks to me and she says, Hey, okay guys, we're going to start. She said, Hey, you, what's your name? I said, my name is Jamal. She said, okay, Jamal, how would it feel if, and she literally said my whole situation, how would you feel if you're the only one that didn't graduate, you know, and all your friends are posting these pictures on Facebook and, you know, it didn't, and then you, you, you jumped about it, didn't happen. Like she literally said my whole situation. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, that's, how could you, like, I was just in awe. And I looked at Kendra and then she looked at me and she said, never stop, never quit, quit. Everybody's here. Everyone is here for a reason. Keep going. And then I went home that night and I felt like, you know what, I, I need to be, I need to, I don't know how to get motivated. Like my problem is that I don't have any motivation. And that's when I literally just, just opened my computer and I went on YouTube and I searched up Eric Thomas. And I think that that's when everything started to, to shift. To, to shift. Yeah. So when she was speaking to you, do you think there was a guiding angel that was, she was saying, saying you, um, a message to let you know that you can't you don't have to give up you can keep on going and you'll make it in the end no matter how hard it is that they find resilience through that keep you going um i don't know if it was a guardian angel but i i definitely felt when she said my my exact situation i knew that that wasn't a mistake that wasn't a coincidence there was a reason why that happened at that particular time, that particular moment. I wasn't even supposed to go to church that day. Like it was very a last minute thing. And the fact that like, you know, I get there and she says that to me, like, and I'm just there like, you know, so there's definitely a reason deeper than that. And um, I do believe 
that that was a, a whisper. A whisper of 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 a guardian angel. Yeah. Yeah. So you could say that it was. You can say that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So world that's great. So all this you have been through with everything you've been through, you're still rebuilding. Okay, so how do you feel now that you have to play that role of a young man in, in this home to rebuild our home right now? How do you feel in that in that situation? Wow. Um that's a good question. But to be real with you, uh I remember um, I promised dad that I wanted to be the greatest of all time. And I promised dad that, uh, he told me that you got to take care of everybody. And I said, I will. And, you know, once, you know, he passed, there was like this momentum of like, okay, cool. Like, you know, this is, this is real. Like, what are you going to do? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, sure. Like right. you love playing sports and stuff, but you know, you know, what are we doing? Like, is everybody going to be okay? Mm-hmm. Like some days, you know, bring drive Jonathan to football or, mm-hmm. you know, hang out with Maya right. and um, just making sure, you know, everybody's good because I have to be that guy. Right. And um, it's very important. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah. And you're doing a very good job. I can Appreciate say my kids, my your brother being a big brother and taking the time to spend with Jonathan and guiding him and spending the time with your sister. And spending time with me, I appreciate it so much that we have such long conversation for us like two hours just talking mm-hmm. and, you know, and guidance and, and, and just taking the time to, um, yeah. to enjoy a company. It's, just, it's something I will always cherish in my heart. Awesome. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. When I, I'm building towards my personal goals and once I achieve my goals, you know, it's funny how it works. Like you give permission for others to, to do the same. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing uh, well, that's deep. Uh, if I'm doing well, and if people see me winning, people are going to want to win too, because people just want to win. Period. So that's what I believe in. So that's how I that's how I operate right now. You know, if if I if I have my goals and I write them down and I start to, you know, I start to be get close to my goals and I eventually hit one, then people are going to be hey like. Maybe I can do that too. And that, that effect is very important. So um, where are you in your life at this moment? Where are you right now? You know, right now I'm still going right now. I'm still, I'm building, I'm working on some side, some stuff on the side. Uh, uh, I'm working right now, I'm working at a bank and I have a lot of dreams and goals that I want to obtain. Can I get you Uh, share some with us? For sure. Of course, of course. So, Biggest dream is to have a gym. Biggest dream is to definitely have a gym. Why? Because fitness is very, very important for me. Why so? Why so? So we're going to go into the story. Fitness. Uh, Fitness really helped me and changed my life completely. Uh, I remember the first time my dad brought me to a gym um, and we trained and I was like, "Wow, this is this is cool. This is fun. This is awesome." Um, and then, uh, but I was still small. And then I went back again, and I went back again. And a lot of people don't know the story, but there was a story where I one day I went to the gym. It's here at Island Gym, and there was a guy. He's a very fit guy, 
And I found it was very small. Uh, and I went up to him <laughs> and I said, Hey man, like, how could I, you know, how could I be like you? He said, honestly, all you have to do is train, train, work hard every day, eat well. I said, okay. So every time I go to the gym, I kind of look to see what he's doing and I'll copy him. And I'll look at him and I'll copy him every time I go. And then one day, and this is like months and months and months and months go by. And one day I'm like, I literally walk right by him. So we're going to the water fountain. He's coming from the water fountain. I'm going towards it. And I kind of look, I kind of look aside and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, I'm almost there. Like I'm, I'm wow. almost you, right? <laughs> so, so having that little bit of progress and seeing that it becomes addicting. It becomes addicting when, when you, when you win small, Smuggles. And and uh, that I think that's what made me fall in love with with training in in itself. But I got into training because of rugby. Uh, one day I was I was playing a, a rugby game and I got hit really hard. And um, I think you you might have remembered that. Actually. I was screaming like, "No, yeah. please help my son!" Yeah, because for me, I hate sport. I I would support my children, but I hate seeing them get hurt. Yeah. falling down so i don't like that part but i will cheer him on until the end yeah there's this guy we're playing bhs and there's this guy uh he hit me and when i was getting up he said what are you gonna do about it what are you gonna do about it like in my face and i knew i couldn't do anything because you know he was, he was way bigger than me so mm -hmm. i was like this can't happen this will never happen again i will move you next time and um i bought for that Christmas, like we've asked for a weight set, which is so funny because now in COVID-19, we I almost sold that, right? Now in COVID-19, as soon as they said that, that's the exact same weight set that, I, that I'm using right. um, when all the gyms close down. So it's so funny how things work. But um, because of my mom, uh, but uh, so yeah, thanks for the best present ever. Um, but, but yes. Yeah, I started to get. I, that's why I started to train, and then I really I just started to train for performance, and then I just kind of, kind of fell in love with the game, and then I started to dream more to eventually train for football, and then um, yeah. Great. So you see, so sure you see the small blessings. It's just keep on going, right? Keep on going to you, where you are right now. You can say that. You yeah? can say the training. Yeah. The training definitely helped me a lot. Okay, knowing what you know now in your life so far, right? What yeah. is something you would tell your teenage self? I would about tell, struggles, about, about your struggles. About my struggles. Right. I would tell my teenage self to um, everything's perspective. And the struggles, the struggles is, believe it or not, it's disguised as a blessing because mm -hmm. it will push you further if you allow it to. Uh, it's really hard, you know, dealing with, for instance, uh, losing a job or you no, know, losing your dad, mm -hmm. um, but right. the calluses, if you let it, what breaks you can literally turn you into a monster and turn you into something phenomenal. And um, that's why you hear a lot of stories like, you know, like. So that means you, you develop resilience, you had resilience in the end, going through all that you Absolutely, through. but mm -hmm. like this happens with everybody. Right. Uh, you know, if you look at the NFL, you know, most of these people, most of these athletes, like 90% of the athletes that are there, you know, came from difficult lives, right. you know, came from one, one of the, one of my favorite Ray Lewis, you know, he came from a, um, a, a broken family where the, the dad was very abusive and used to beat his mom every day. And then he, you know, he used that pain, you know, to eventually, you know, uh, play. And then he played for Miami and then he went to the NFL and he became a hall of famer because that's what he went through. So 
um, his mindset is way more is 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 different compared to the rest, uh, compared to the average. So, so you give uh, an example of Louis. So where were you? That what have you been through so much with your struggle that you can say that you are now in a place where you are comfortable in your own self? I wouldn't say I'm comfortable in my own self. I would say that I'm 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 still building. I'm not, I'm definitely not comfortable. I have a lot of things to do. Uh, I will like. I'm most... talking about your struggles with school and everything like that to be where you are right now. You had to come out from there to get there here where you are. Yeah. So what give you that push and that to get where you are right now? Because you're talking about Ray Lewis, how Ray Lewis was a fa father abused his mother, right? Yeah. And through that, he fight to be where he is. So what? give you the strength for where you were to be where you are right now? I had a mind shift. So I remember when um, this happened, when, when dad died, um, I was literally, I was going to school, I was going to university and I was listening to a podcast. I was listening to Andy Frisella, a motivational speech. And um, the motivational speech said, you know, Everyone goes through hard things, hard times, hard times come, hard times go. Uh, and it's true. And if you let the hard times, if you build mental toughness, real mental toughness, um, you can win. And I didn't kind of get that, but friends, when it comes to my dad dying, I was just like, listen, this is what's happening. What's next? What am I, what do I have to do? How do I have to operate? Um, because movement is everything. I don't know if you remember this, but um, when my father passed away, then the very, very next day, I had work. So I was working at a day camp and a gym at the time. And uh, I didn't know if I wanted to work. My mom said, you said, you said uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I said, why? She said, well, if you stay still and you just sit down and sulk, you just it's be sad yeah. and you just be sad. You have to keep on moving. You have to move. You mm -hmm. have to go. You have to go. And, and I remember going to work and I was like, you know, you're right. I have, I'm, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. I'm still here. I'm still breathing. It's the opportunity to breathe. Mm -hmm. I told my dad what I, what I wanted. I told my dad, I want to be the greatest of all time. I, I wasn't sure by, um, by what that meant at the time, but that's what I said. And I knew that I had to move. So from that lesson is, you know, movement is everything. Movement is life. And if you're not moving, um, you're not living. Right. And how, for being a big brother. For being a big brother, what? <laughs> <laughs> for what we just talked about. So be how, with being a big brother, because it's the struggle. So now you have to be in charge and have out at home or whatever. And you're doing an amazing job for sure. For those of you who don't know, he is an amazing person, as I said in the beginning, and he is doing a wonderful job at home. So for how, how you're implying now to being a big brother, uh, being a great son, and, and trusting in God? Um, I believe that people should practice what they preach, one, and also I'm a huge believer in, you know, you have to be inspired. So if I'm a good person and if I operate a certain type of way, you know, people are going to look up to me. You know, there's nothing wrong with being a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Amen. So if I'm the, if I'm a good person and if I'm, if I do good, 
then people are going to look at him and be like, hey, man, I want to do good too. So I think that's important. That's what I'm, that's the standard that I'm trying to build here, not only at home, but, you know, in the community and all those who watch my lives and all those who watch my Instagram. Um, that's what I believe in, really. So you said, uh, and being a leader in the community, how are you doing that? By social media or just on your own turf? Uh-huh. Definitely social media. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of motivation. Tell us about, tell us about that. For sure, like my social media journey. Mm-hmm. Well, I I post a lot of fitness content. Um, so I post fitness content from from when it comes to exercises to fitness advice, and I do motivational Mondays. So where I post a um, a story on my on my live on my on my Instagram explaining just motivating giving a topic. Here and there about hey guys you know we're in a still in a pandemic but let's keep going and um, that's what I go into and that's how I you know that's how I I, I help uh, I help build the community and I help give back and I also offer fitness advice for those of you who want to get fit and uh, yeah so that that's what I'm really how working can they on. reach you they can reach me oh so if you guys want to reach me you can reach me on Instagram so it's German Lewis underscore um, and or you could just search up J Man. That's that's the nickname for short. But uh, Jermel Lewis, so uh, J E R M E L L Lewis L E W I S underscore. So if you search that up, you'll find me. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Jermel Lewis, for taking the time to spend with mom. Absolutely, and we appreciate it so much. Perfect. And um, honestly, thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for <laughs> for allowing me to be a part of this awesome project that you're working on and. Uh, I know you guys are going to be in store because my mom's working working on a lot of other things as well. So stay tuned for that. As parents, you know we, we need to um, know our children uh, on a serious note. Taking the time to spend with our kids is is very 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 valuable and in, and important to us. Um, I always say it's not the quality, it's not the quantity of time you spend with your child. It's the quality of time spent a child. So you can give a half an hour and that would be amazing than giving three hours and you do nothing with a child, right? So try to take the time to spend to our children and find out and help and support our kids in the best way that we know how, in the best way, because only you truly can help your child and ask any questions and all sorts of questions. No question is a stupid question. Some people might think it is, and some people will say, you know, I find or I know here, come, let me help you. So don't be shy. And we will help to to support our child and make them get stronger in ways that it wasn't they think it wasn't possible, but it's possible. So this is my testimony. I see my child struggle. I see where he came from. I see what he had to go through. And he made it in the end, and he's doing phenomenal now. He's just striving, and for the things he's doing, he's, he, he's just incredible to see where he come from and where he is today, and all the praises have to go to God. Not for me, not for others, just to God. It's only him we can praise. And no matter what age, no matter what age, adversity can be overcome, no matter Recharging, revealing, and becoming restored happens in a cycle, for sure. And more than a few times in your life, because 
you have different stages in our life. We have at a younger age, we have our middle age, and we have our later years in our life. So it's, we are always recycling. We're always trying to, to become better than what we are before. We're always trying to find a thing that will, will trigger us or give us a target to say, you know, I, I want to be better than I was yesterday. Not just today, better than I was yesterday. So when you know this, you look for the opportunity for the three R's instead of running from them. Try to find them. Never, it's never, never, never too late to try new things. Never, never too late. Hey guys, here are the three and Ross 3K run fundraiser details as promised. This wonderful event is supported by the ALS of Quebec and it will take place this summer on the 27th of June. From 8 a.m. to 11 a.m., you can run a 3K or up to a 10K. You choose. Please share with many, many people as possible to support in the run or you can donate. Check out the link in my podcast description. Peace out.